The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Hey, everybody, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Good to be with you again as we get you set for championship weekend in the National Football League. I know that just rubs Bears fans the wrong way, right? You want to be there. You definitely want to be there. But we're here to talk about some of that and what's going on with the Bears and what to look forward to here in the offseason. We'll be with you every week of this offseason with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Jim Miller will be along for a few segments as well from Sirius XM NFL Radio, the former Bears quarterback. Good evening, Tommy. How you doing? Jeff, I'm good. I'm uh, with you. Super jealous about watching football <laughs> over the weekend. Envious of all the fun they're having. And, you know, it's kind of twofold because you still remember back in the day when we did go to the Super Bowl and just all the surrounding fun as a team you have. But then, selfishly as broadcasters, I want to live through that same fun. I want to live on this end of the accomplishments of the players and the coaches and see what, you know, that type of success is all about. So, I mean... The, every year you're farther removed, the jealousy just grows. Yeah, you know, I always talk about playoff games and the drama of every snap, but honestly, when you get deeper into it and you know you got a chance to go to a Super Bowl, the drama is just so thick and it, it's palpable and you're just leaning on every single play in the game and every near miss or every big play, and your mind starts working, boy, as you get through the first half. Okay, now can they close this out? Can they come? Whatever the case may be, and it's that drama that we love as announcers well, as well. you got to turn that, po- that drama into a positive because you can have drama that can tear a football team apart throughout the playoffs as jealousy amongst each other grows between the different appearances or opportunities that may be given or thrust upon one person that another person is envious of. Are you so, speaking from experience? Well, no. I mean, yeah, we because we, 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 you, you did see it. You did see the different types of offerings that you have throughout the course of our success. But just getting to the modern-day drama because it's so much more more it's increased so much with all the social network additive of the drama that we didn't have to live through I think the coach has a really important role of keeping a football team together the deeper they go into the playoffs and then when they have that two-week window of opportunity you better make sure that the guys stay focused at what's at hand not get caught up in what their opportunities could possibly be. Our producer tonight, Rick Camp, in our score studios. Good to have him along, and thanks for listening, everybody. As we get you set, we're brought to you by IGS Energy, and we'll be with you here until 7 o'clock tonight. One thing I've always talked about, I'll never forget being on the team plane after coming home from the Super Bowl the following day. I don't know. You may have gotten a red eye out of there because you wanted to, to, to leave Miami behind. But a couple of things I remember about that is one, the buildup to the game was so exhausting. Like you had so many responsibilities that day at getting to the stadium super early, and then now you're waiting opening kickoff as the, as the darkness falls and, and Devin returns the opening kickoff. And I remember you smacked me on the rear end as hard as you possibly could, and you looked at me and said, the game hasn't even started yet. And, and that's the, that turned out to be the truth. But then getting on that team plane, and Olin Krutz walking over. Don't worry, Joniak. We'll be back. We'll be back. And 
you, you know, you hope that's true. You felt you had a really good team. You had terrific offensive line, great defense, great players, Erlacher, Briggs, Peanut, offensive linemen like Olin, and, and then you, you don't get back. And, and it's just – it's got to be really difficult when you pour yourself into it, and that's why every snap does matter for all these yeah. guys. And you don't really realize what you're missing when you don't get it back. You know, I, I was recently talking to Clyde Emmerich, and I was recently talking to Hampton about this because when they got beat in the NFC Championship game in 1984 – he got on the microphone on the airplane to address the team about remember how you feel because we are never going to feel like this again leaving an NFC championship game. And we have to put our mind to it right now about what we're going to accomplish next year. A lot like the players felt when we were flying away from the Super Bowl down in Miami. But that that message has kind of resonated with a lot of players and a lot of people that were around the organization. And then you see what was able to happen the next year. So it's really interesting the course of action throughout uh, a history and or a history of an organization, how those two those two moments can go in such different directions after you either lose a Super Bowl or you lose an NFC Championship game. All right, teams that lose a Super Bowl usually uh, have a hard time with that process, you know, because things, you know, maybe decisions are made uh, out of a rash thinking, okay, maybe we aren't good enough, and then now we're really not good enough because we're taking many steps backwards and they never get back to that plateau. Uh, That's why it's so hard to repeat unless you were – uh, the Green Bay, or excuse me, the uh, New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers are those great teams, 49ers. Uh, for you, you were not there in 84. You were there in 85. You were learning what it was like. Did you, what was the sense when you got into that team from the inside out as you were trying to find your way and find your fit on a very tight football team, one that really did have Super Bowl aspirations from the jump because of what happened in 84? I, I was intimidated because I was a Bears fan, and I was playing with guys in the USFL that kept telling me how great the Bears were on the defensive side of the line of scrimmage or the offensive line and how are you going to make that team. So I was, like, being forewarned about it, but I also had the envy as a fan. And so when I was going, oh, my God, I'm driving on my way to try out for the Chicago Bears, um, you know, you just have hope and desire and everything that's needed in you t- because it's your lifelong dream. Um, but, you know, when you go to a team that's returning from the NFC Championship game, there's not going to be a lot of turnover. And so you just sit there and we kind of grinded it out every single day. And, you know, you're enamored because you're seeing Walter Payton. You're meeting guys like William Perry. Uh, you know, from being an offensive lineman and reading a lot about the Bears' defense and finally seeing, you know, Otis Wilbur and Singletary in person and seeing a little bit what Hampton and McMichael are like and glad Doug Plank left the team because I was worried (laughs) about getting hit by Doug Plank. So, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play when you are a fan of the team that you're getting ready to go try out for. I was thinking about you and a Browns guard this week uh, was going it was mic'd up uh, Tyron Matthew uh, of the Chiefs and he was coming right for him and man, he just put him on his back, but it was still a tackle for loss on the play. And I was thinking about you because you love those one-on-one opportunities with a, a, a little DB, but, you know, Tyron Matthew gets right back up on his feet, took his medicine, said, man, that guy kicked my booty, but, hey, you know, it was still an, a, a well, loss on the play. <laughs> it was kinda, a tackle for loss. 
Tyrone Matthews got up because he was underneath the player. He patted him on the head yeah. and then pointed to the tackle. <laughs> so he was able to accept the the responsibility. But again, so Tyrone Matthews was blitzing. The guy that made the tackle was the guy the guard was responsible for. So it was a good defensive call by Kansas City at that point that really messed that play up. Chiefs in Buffalo in Kansas City and Green Bay taking on Tampa Bay and the Brady Rodgers matchup. And today the passing of Ted Thompson, a 10-year NFL player, Tom at linebacker, and a well-known uh, scout, very, very respected man, was not one to really put himself out there with the media. He was a very quiet guy. But, you know, you think about his legacy and his first draft pick was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, you think of the guys like Ron Wolf and Bob Harlan that he learned a lot about organization um, uh, and the Green Bay Packers and how it ran and how they went through the protocol. Ted Thompson was a hell of a guy. He was a, he was a super nice guy. He was a good football player. I think he was the perfect low-key management position for Green Bay and brought him through the Favre era into the Rodgers era uh, pretty successfully. Yeah, just 68 years old, and many of the guys he picked are going to be in that championship game this weekend. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by Jim Miller, the former Bears quarterback and SiriusXM NFL radio host. He'll join us as we take a look at the Bears and the coaching carousel. It's all coming up next here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer, and our good pal Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin joins us now. Jim, how you doing? Lots going on, obviously, uh, even not Bears related, but we'll start with that in the, in the coaching carousel. Looks like Matt Nagy is going to have to add a few more offensive coaches with word today. Dave Ragone headed down to Atlanta to become offensive coordinator for Arthur Smith. Break that one down for you because he also may be bringing along the running backs coach as well, Charles London. And I, I'm reading where, and I don't have any of this, and none of this is official in terms of Charles London. It is with Dave Ragone, but that he'd be quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. One, good to be with you guys again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah, uh, a lot of the times. I mean, there's so many coaching moves going on right now, and these are a lot of uh, promotions for a lot, for a lot of these guys. Obviously, Dave are going to uh, to call plays down there, and and obviously be with uh, Arthur Smith, who's getting his first shot and if shot at being a head coach. And I saw Dean Pease coming out of retirement yeah. for the second time. You know what? There. I thought of you today, Jim. I I knew you when you you love Dean Pease, and and yeah. and, and properly so. He's an outstanding defensive coordinator. Had real that Tennessee defense was playing outstanding before he retired. But yeah. When well, he's guys, a native guys, Michigander. I, I know Dean personally. He coached at Michigan State, and obviously a yeah. great job for the Ravens. And uh, he, he was retired at Devils Lake, Michigan, I think, uh, for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. I think it's a world record for a coach coming out of retirement <laughs> but, <laughs> but when this he joined is, Tennessee. But this is happening a time or two because it's in the blood and you can't get rid of it. There, there's nothing that's going to have the oh. exhilaration. Yes, you want to be with your family. You want to see your grandkids, you know, all that. But, you know – it's in the blood, and if some young coach, in this case Arthur Smith, who, by the way, I'm reading, he's going to be the play caller still yeah, uh, yeah. For, for Atlanta. But if, if you get the call from somebody you respect, you're going to try and help him out. But, you know, Jim, Jim and Jeff, one thing about this year, uniquely enough, you may get an opportunity to interview guys that you may never be, before in the history of the NFL be able to because they got to fly from wherever they are to wherever they're going. When I look at the list in the NFL app, 
of the amount of interviews for all these teams, it wouldn't be able to happen logistically if they had to fly to every one of these sites to sit in front of them and get interviews. So all these guys that are doing these Zoom interviews, I may say, hey, let me just get the temperature of Gary Kubiak. Let me see if Dean Peace is or he Peace is interested at all in coaching anymore. Hey, let me scratch the surface of this old offensive line coach of the New England Patriots to see if he'd be interested in coming out because we worked together at one point. So to me, I think you're seeing a lot of these interviews because of the situation we're in, and they're all being done through Skype or Zoom. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, with all the first-year coach, I'd say other than Urban Meyer, I mean, let, let's face it, for Nick Sirianni to get the, the job in Philly, I mean, congratulations to him, but that's going to come with a lot of oversight. I think everybody knows that. That's about getting the quarterback right and all the moves and Howie Roseman's kind of going to be controlling the – controlling this thing and I'd say that for the Lions or any other uh, teams or even Arthur Smith you know let's be honest these guys are first-time coaches they've elevated very quickly and those organizations aren't just going to give the keys to the car Uh, let's just be honest that seems to be what's what's happening right now and we'll see what happens with Houston Houston to me has a little bit of leverage right now because everybody's fighting for one spot so they'll be able to dictate who who they want to hire and it's probably leaning towards Eric Bieniemy, I would think uh, well, with Nick Sirianni, uh, did that come out of left field for you? Because it happened quickly unless he was on their radar for a while and they just waited for the end because he yeah. interviewed Monday and basically well, hired yesterday. Yeah, I think some team, some people turned him down. Like I said, there's going to be heavy oversight there um, for the next co- head coach. That's why uh, Doug Peterson wanted out. Uh, he didn't want to be told who to play, when to play him, all those type of things. And he wanted out, and he got granted his wish. And I think the guys that interviewed for that job, a few of them had already turned them down because there's going to be heavy oversight. And so how do you make it attractive? You go after a first-year guy, you don't pay him a lot of money, and say, hey, we're going to make you a head coach. Can you okay with that? And he'll say, yeah, there's only 32 of them. I'll take that job. (laughs) Tom, what's the – both of you guys jump in, but uh, Tom, what's the impact? Okay, you you turned over the offensive staff a year ago. I I had great detail to focus on the quarterback, and now – the passing game coordinator that is a respected coach and Dave Ragona. We do wish him well. Love Dave. Love his insight. Love his his uh, ability to talk talk ball. And then with Charles London, a uh, very respected running back coach too in that room. All those guys love Charles London. So what what does that for two years in a row do to a staff who you're trying to get uh, on the same page? Well, I mean, as, if, as long as John Filippo and Bill Lazor are still here, I don't think just because you're removing Dave or going out of the room it's going to have any impact on the quarterback position at all because both of these guys understand the position. They understand how to coach it. Matt Nagy still is a big influence on the quarterback position. So um, I, I don't think um, it, it'll be much of a distraction on when you're talking about inserting the offense to whomever the quarterback is. or And then on the running back side of it, it seems like running back is a unique kind of coach because it's running backs have the innate ability to understand how they're going to run the football. But then they got to be able to – someone's got to be there teaching them the system. In all the intricacies of, you know, coming, breaking the huddle with two different plays – breaking the huddle, going from a pass play to a uh, to a run play to a pass blocking responsibility, blitz, blitz pickup and all these things. So London did a good job of getting the entire backfield ready because everybody's a little different. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen's nothing like Cordero Patterson, and Cordero's a lot different than David Montgomery. So 
I think he did a nice job, but I do think there's a lot of really relatable, good, young running back coaches out there that, first of all, need to come in and learn the system themselves and then how they get that message across to their running back room. Jimbo? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, that's the the challenge. you got to get one, you're going to hire guys you know. Ragone was down in Tennessee, right, before he arrived with the Bears, so he yeah. already had a relationship with Arthur Smith. So I think that that typically is how it how it happens. We connect, especially now with like what Tom said, with all the, you know, you're really just doing these zoom in interviews. A lot of it you're going to trust on the really the relationship uh, with that you have with the with the coach over time and why you want to add them because you feel you're going to have your best success uh, as a football coach. And that's true for all these new coaches, the teams that now have their guys leaving the building, Jay Rogers and uh, the coaches, you just mentioned Charles London and Dave Ragone. Now, you know, is there enough quality out there that you can bring in? I think there is, you know, I think the bears have already interviewed a couple of good guys. Gannon is very well thought of the DBs coach uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. That, that seems to be getting a look. See George Edwards was with uh, Mike Zimmer up there. I think you make a call. Even he said, see, this tells you it was going bad in Philly because Jim Schwartz made it as an announcement before the end of the season. So you knew that was going south there. And I think they felt like uh, they were hanging the coach out to dry, and Jim Schwartz is a very principled guy, and he made that statement. Maybe you make a call to Jim Schwartz. That's a hell of a defensive coordinator that's out there right now and convince him to not take a year off and, and come back. The last thing I'd say is I had the opportunity to interview Chuck Pagano today. Uh, on Sirius and he was fantastic he is not gonna even remotely uh, think about coming back in uh, he's a lifer and he had just had a lot of great things to say and all the great memories that he had and he certainly wanted to thank the McCaskey family and, and the great time that he had in Chicago with the staff of the Chicago Bears so but uh, I we couldn't coach because he was under Dean Peace I said well are you gonna be like Dean and decide to come out of retirement he said no that's not happening Dean's he said Dean Peace has always been a waffler he goes I'm not so with no chance that Pagano's coming back. Uh, Jim just outlined a couple of guys uh, up for the defensive quarter job, according to multiple reports, nothing official from the organization. James Betcher, another one, yeah, uh, three years one. at Arizona with top ten defenses, a very blitz-minded guy coming from that Todd Bowles tree a little bit and with the Giants for a couple of years. And then Tommy, uh, Mike Singletary's name has come up as well as somebody that reportedly is interviewed for that position as well. Yeah, hey, Mike's got a and super intelligence. He's got a lot of skill. He's um, was one of the most uh, well prepared professional athletes I ever played around. And mentally, at that point, you had to understand a lot more information than you do nowadays. Because nowadays, you have that a device in your helmet where you're getting all the information from the sideline, and you're getting reminders there. Mike Singletary, Mike Singletary and that defense had to know the personnel. They had to make the adjustments, and they weren't getting signs held up on the sidelines to tell every position front to back what to do. But like uh, Jim mentioned, Jim Schwartz, and then you got Mike Singletary. They have a different style of defense in mind than what the Bears play right now. So if you're going to bring in a defensive coordinator that wants to play a four-man front um in the, well, for, Jim's for, yeah. Jim was Jim was three four in Tennessee, and he was three four when he was in Cleveland with Bill Belichick. Right. So, but he, you, but I mean, you know he's that wide nine wide kind nine, of baby. guy. And yeah. single and Singletary's a four man front. So if you're gonna bring in both defensive coordinators that like to play both fronts, you have to make sure that you have the personnel 
that they can form in the defenses they want to run. And there's got to be some internal candidates as well. Sean Desai's name has been speculated as one as well. All right, we're going to take a break. More with Jim Miller coming up. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller guesting as well from SiriusXM NFL Radio. What's the big topic on your shows these days? Well, yeah, just these championship games yeah. uh, coming up. You know, it's great talking to Chuck Pagano because he could give us good insight, right, on defending Tampa Bay this year, which the Bears won, and going against Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, difficult. You know, these probably are the best four teams that are left. But oddly enough, these are the top four passing teams. These are. Packers come in one. Buccaneers would be two. Bills would be three. Chiefs would be four. Uh, believe it or not. So, I mean, just going to be some great matchups. Uh, I think they're all going to be uh, very close. And, uh, you know, but it was good getting insight from uh, from Chuck Pagano. Because, oddly enough, the Bucks when they played the Packers earlier in the year, because both of these are rematch games too, um, Todd Bowles got a couple interceptions on Aaron Rodgers, and he's only basically thrown five all, all right. year. And the yeah. Bucks got two of them, you know. They, so, they, you know what I, you know what I like him. real quick is I like that Tom Brady is familiar with playing in, in colder conditions because I don't want any – because Buffalo going to Kansas City, they, they're going to be as familiar with that weather as Kansas City will. Yeah. And going into Green Bay, I don't know what the conditions are yet. Well, it's going to be snow and cold, yeah. So, so when we've seen Tom Brady play some of the best games in the history, whether it's here against the Bears, down in Champaign, or in New England itself throughout his playoff days, that you're not going to he, – he's not going to go into Green Bay – and be intimidated, and I think he's the guy that can deliver the message to the rest of his teammates. Why'd you have to bring up Champagne? We had him up down twenty-seven to three, and they won that. <laughs> I, I remember know. that game. Hey, what's Me the too. worst? Was the worst game you experienced in Champagne? That one. That one was oh, painful. Yeah, because uh, yeah. well, I didn't even start that game. Chris Chandler, remember the first series? He got a concussion. Yep. I had a yep. bad shoulder, and I had to come in the game. And we go up and. There was one play I remember in the th- was it the third yeah I think it was the third quarter we ran a fake twenty six dual X in and I had to scramble out of the pocket I threw it to the right and I think Des White thought I was throwing to the receiver behind him but I was trying to throw the Des but it would have been it was high and he did he didn't jump up to get it and man if we would if I just would have thrown a more accurate pass we would have won that game. And then they had the epic comeback, and oh, you just you're sick after those games. But All right, what was that play again, and what what are we supposed to be doing? What's uh, the play? Zero strong, fake twenty six duo X in Z post. Tom, so, do you know what it is? Heavy run look. You're running a twenty six duel, which is a gap run play, but we're faking it. Fake twenty six duel. We make it look like twenty six duo. Uh, Marty Booker's running the post. Uh, Des White was running the deep X in route. And it was it was wide, but I got flushed out of the pocket, so I had to I had to roll to my right and throw it, and just out of the outstretched hands of of Des White, and we would have won that game. Still infuriating. It's amazing because right now you probably can close your eyes and see every bit of that. Play, I can see every you? bit of that play, every bit of that play. But I mean, just these. I mean, the matchups, the quarterback matchups in this game, the two of the greats uh, in this, and how Aaron Rodgers is playing down the stretch here. I mean, I'm excited for that, and you know, I don't 
give me that statistic about Tampa can't win in games under 40 degrees. I mean, enough of that. This is for right. the, the NFC championship. I, you know, the Toms has played in cold weather. They got plenty of guys on that roster that have played in cold weather uh, from Antonio Brown, you name it. Uh, Tristan Wirfs played at Iowa. He's used to playing in the cold. So, uh, you know, I think this is just going to be a, a great matchup. Really is. I tell you, their center, that Ryan Jensen. Love him. Oh yeah, he is. He is wow. an instigator of epic proportions, epic. and he's yeah. the type of guy that he 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 antagonizes these guys through the whistle, and then he yeah. just walks off like he's innocent, and he's letting the, uh, just a, <laughs> a path of frustration behind him, and it's kind of good because you know. Challenge the players' discipline. I, yeah. I must have. There was a bunch on Twitter this week, those, high, those highlights of him, and it's just it's good viewing. And, I, oh, and yeah. you know, honestly, I want my offensive lineman to play that way. I do. Yeah. I well, want you to play exactly the way he plays that kind of nasty. They got enforcers on both sides of the ball, Tom. Do you think uh, Indomitian yeah, Sue doesn't right. get under Aaron Rodgers' skin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in that, literally. That first- yeah, that first time around, Jim, uh, uh, he had a couple of uh, – Adamican Sue had a couple of big hits on Aaron Rodgers, one right before the end of the first half that Aaron Rodgers kind of took a, exception to, and then Tampa Bay came out in the second half and they never let up. So I, I think this is going to be a, a super interesting game, uh, and I'm so excited and looking forward to the way Todd Bowles calls this game against Green Bay. You know, being a guy who likes uh, interviewing people and, and finding exactly what makes them tick and, and so forth, Tom threw one on the table for me today, Jim, so now I'm going to have to ask him about it. But if you guys were interviewing for the Bears defensive coordinator job, what is the one question you would ask? Uh, the one question I would ask, well, how's this one with the salary cap changing? Who will we'll we talking here? I kind of need to know the pieces to the puzzle. Who are we keeping? Who are we getting rid of? You, wouldn't you kind of want to know that? Because I think there are a lot of teams around the league that are going to have to make some significant cuts, and there's going to yeah. be a secondary market out there. Or maybe you're going to approach a player and say, "Hey, can we?" You know, there's always going to be a reduction, you know, or you know, say a redo, a contract redo, or essentially you could be, and the player may say no. Say, "Hey, can you take a pay cut?" No, I'm not taking a pay cut. Oh, we're going to have to cut you. Yeah, you know, but so, that's a hard ask because. From a strategy point of view, Tommy, for the off season, you don't want stuff like that getting out if a guy's going to tell. Yeah, you know, I don't you think can't, you DC. can't promise. Well, you know, yeah. to me, I would just ask him what segment of the defense is your most important because when you look at the Bears and let's break it down from the defensive line to the linebackers to the defensive backs, they're very fortunate. Jalen Johnson played really well. Uh, Tashawn Gibson came in and played equally as well at safety. We all know Kyle Fuller can can do I think Eddie Jackson regressed throughout the season so now if I'm talking to a new guy do I need the defensive backs or do I need Roquan Roquan and his crew to be the most important element in your defense or do I need Akeem Hicks Khalil Mack Quinn and that crew up front to be the most important element in your defense all right so how would you answer that question then uh what would you answer how would you answer what what do you want is the most important part of your defense in 2021 I, I want the as a defensive defense, coordinator. I want the defensive pressure to be the most important element, and I want the pressure to be equally as important against the run as it is getting me sacks, quarterback hits, pressures, pressures that lead to interceptions. So I want the immediate, the immediacy of the defensive line to be a to be a factor in the teams that they're going to play. And I would guess, Jim, that ninety percent of the guys would say the same thing, right? Because it does start there. 
Yeah, I, well, yeah, I think it starts up front. It's in it's in the trenches. You want solid at all levels. There's no doubt about that. I mean, good coverage can can uh, lead to to pressure sacks and what we call coverage sacks too. And uh, you know, I think uh, the Bears are young at with their young corners, and at at times that wasn't the case all the time this year. So I think they're going to continue to prove, improve in that secondary. But I can't disregard what Tom's saying. I think at times there was at throughout the season there wasn't a lot of pressure. But, again, I go back to the offense. I think if you correct some things on offense, you're, you can play more complementary football. Because I thought that defense was thrown to the Wolves way too many times uh, this year where they logged way too many snaps that they were out there. And, um, you know, even in that last game, I, th- I thought that was good. And that was a pretty darn good defensive game plan, the way I looked at it, uh, the way Pagano went in and had Drew Brees. You, you got Drew Brees, what was it, 7-3 seven to, or seven to three at halftime? You, you're, you're doing pretty darn good. So I, I don't think there's too many tweaks that need to be done defensively for the Chicago Bears. That's Jim Miller, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're going to take another break. One more segment to go with our guest, Jim Miller. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, along with Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin, a Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney. Are these the new emerging faces of the offense until we find out if uh, Allen Robinson is going to be back as a Bear in 2021, Tommy? Yeah, well, I think they are. They got to be. They got to be a first, second, third level important role in this offense. David Montgomery is a great leader. Cole continued to develop throughout the whole season. And Darnell Mooney made a bigger splash this season than some of us maybe predicted at the beginning of the season. But I think David Montgomery is able to accept everything that's going to be thrust on his plate. I think Cole Komet, his. Um, the opportunity in his career is going to be endless because he's a good blocker, he runs well, and he can be a deep threat. Now I need Darnell Mooney, and I need him to stay safe. And so what type of routes am I going to give him access to? What type of punishment am I going to try to keep him away from? Because if he's going to be the lead, you know, take one of the leads, even even if Allen Robinson comes back, he's going to have to take one of the leads in the receiver room. So how can I protect the talents of Darnell Mooney? And I think that'll be an interesting element to his game going forward. And, and Jim, as a quarterback or a play designer, how do you do that with Mooney? How do you protect um, well, keep him healthy? You're going to yeah. throw some armor on him here in the offseason. He's going to get stronger. He's a very committed guy. So how do you make him how, – how do you kind of shield him a little bit from a repetitive getting smacked? Yeah, well, I think for him, like you said, I think he's going to get bigger in the weight room. He'll just add just natural weight being a, another year you just mature, and it, it happens to all of us uh, from that standpoint. So he'll grow into that uh, from his standpoint. But, uh, you know, better technique, things like that, playing smarter football, like that one shot, I forget the the game where he hurt both his ankle and I believe he had the uh, the, the head injury you know, just getting out of bounds, things like that, where you can play smarter to not take those type of hits. Because, again, it's about availability and staying on the field uh, f- from that standpoint. So sky's the limit for him. He he really, you know, for him to burst onto the scene as a fifth-round pick, and he was earning, earning more and more opportunities every single week with his play. Uh, he's obviously a, a tough kid, uh, so you like that about him. He plays with a lot of passion and enthusiasm, and he's got great talent. Uh, so I think you're you're extremely happy with him. I think Cole Komet's another one. I'm really surprised at how well he blocked. 
I think, I think he's going to continue to get better and better and better. Needs to be incorporated in the pass game. Of what could uh, needs to be a, a run-first uh, strategy for the Bears to get those play actions and those bootlegs where he was very effective as the season went along. So I'm high on him. And what can you say about David Montgomery? The second half of the year, guys, it was King Henry and him. I think he had the mm-hmm. second most yards the second half of the season other than King Henry. So, I mean, that's, they were going at a good clip after, and that was when Mitch was inserted back in the lineup. When you go over those those games, Montgomery was as productive as anybody in the National Football League, and he shows that he can take a lot of carries and he can take the wear and tear. So, yeah, I think those three are, are really really key guys that uh, need to be all involved heavily for the Chicago Bears. But, you know, one thing, Jim, about Cole going forward, I'd like to see – like uses talents more vertically, kind of yeah. like some of the, a lot of the routes we see out of Gronkowski, because I think he has the ability to reach up and over the top of defensive backs or shorter linebackers. But I think he has the speed to get downfield. In turn, maybe some of those side uh, side um, routes into into vertical routes make bigger plays for the Bears, and also make sure the defense is concentrating on protecting against what he could do to the middle of the defense. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like him, you know, on over routes, he's more than capable of doing it. And, you know, you can put him on corner routes or seam routes. And, you know, I think he could, like you said, outleap uh, people. I mean, he's he's a terrific athlete uh, for Cole Komet. So I think that'll all uh, emerge uh, for the Chicago Bears. And that's what those players need to be working on to be counted on uh, next year for Chicago. I want to talk about James Daniels, Tommy, because – Coming off of injury, uh, lost his season, but it's a big year next year. His uh, his fourth year, he's got um, nine point three million dollars of guaranteed money that uh, over the course of his contract. So you got to think about what he's going to be doing in terms of your long term future, and w- what are we going to be looking at with him? And would you be surprised if he got any of those three positions that he's going to be playing in? Well, you know, left guard, center, right guard. Um, I think right now Cody Whitehair, he maybe did a nice enough job to nail down the left guard position in that type of offseason and consideration going into the regular season. Sam Mustafer was a really nice settling piece in the interior of that line. To me, it's going to be about the right guard. What does Alex Bars do in the offseason to become stronger? I don't necessarily know if he has to get a lot bigger, but he does have to get stronger. And then how does James return after having such a long time off? Did he invest himself in the weight room? Is he? Does he look like a more mature player after sitting out basically a whole season? And then I don't want to forget about Arlington Hambright because here's a guard they drafted last year that was able to get a start. Whenever you feed an NFL football player a start, he's a different animal because now he's got a little bit of a taste, and he's saying, I don't want to come in here and compete as a backup. I want to come in here and compete as a starter. So to me, do you know if James Daniels is right-handed or left-handed? I, I, I wish right-handed, I, I wish I uh, right-handed. Well, if if he is right-handed, he may be better off at the right guard position because it's more natural balance. So to me, if if I'm looking at the the way the offensive line finished at the end of the season, if I'm looking how backups are going to line up behind him, I'm going to have Arlington to Hambright line up behind Cody, and I'm going to have J- James line up behind Alex Bars. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, situation. It's a strength area now to me uh, for the interior of the offensive line. So get those guys in the right places once again, and there uh, should be some really good competition there. I misspoke, too. 
his contract is expiring. He's an un, unrestricted free agent in 2022. So there's going to it's a big year. It's a big year for him, but most importantly, he's got to be healthy. All right, Jim, we got a few more minutes with you. Let's uh, hit some quick topics. One, you obviously talked about it today on SiriusXM, but talk about it here on the, the hiring of 44-year-old Dan Campbell as the head coach of the Lions in the division. Really laid the hammer down as, as he wants a very tough football team that's going to get some great quotes today and they say you know people make fun of the fact well you don't you win news conferences or you lose news conferences he won the news conference but now you got to go to go to work and get his guys to play the way he wants them to play yeah i mean he's he's an old school uh leader of men coach that's what he is that's why you you heard him made we're gonna bite chunks out of your knees and all that type of stuff and, and dan was a tough player and he's he played tight end for uh the detroit Lions, so they know him very well chris spielman uh knows him well and was on the, the hiring process but dan is, is a no-nonsense coach and i think he will command and be able to uh to lead young men and certainly understands the environment of well, that's why i brought up detroit it's a tough city it's it's fighting back and but the, what I think is the key for them is they're giving him six years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to let him decide how he wants to rebuild this. Now, he said glowing things about Matthew Stafford, but he didn't commit to Matthew Stafford. Because right now you, you would you would be thinking if it goes three years, if he ends up keeping Stafford, then he could elect to uh, move on from Stafford. Or do you just pull the plug on it right now? Say, hey, let's try to trade Matthew Stafford. We're just going to start overhauling this right from the get-go. Uh, so he's got two uh, different choices. But uh, from what I've heard of, and I know coaches on that staff down there in, in New Orleans, and he did a fine job as an interim head coach, remember, when he took over for Joe Dolphins. Philbin. He's uh, he's interviewed a couple of times, and he's been very impressive with his interviews. And so I think Detroit feels comfortable in hiring one of their own because they know what Dan Campbell's uh, all about. Well, that's all opinion. well and good you talk that way, but can you get today's players to play the way that he's describing? Because like yeah, because otherwise fan... you just get rid of them. Right. Uh, so those well, players that are there, because if, we those, all want if that, those right? guys don't buy into his tough culture, they won't be there. Yeah. That, well, they that's didn't why like Matt he's... Patricia's tough culture. <laughs> well, well, he went in there, and that's right. Players didn't buy in. Yeah. They didn't buy in. But that's why I'm saying – Dan can pull the plug on this right now and just say, hey, we're overhauling all this. This guy's gone. This guy's gone. Who doesn't like to practice in the snow? Get that guy out of here. What? This guy doesn't come in for workouts. Let's talk to the trainers. This guy doesn't get his rehab. Get this guy out of here. That's what's going to happen in Detroit. Tom, is it fantasy for a guy like me and a lot of fans out there who want your football team to reflect your city? Tough city, tough black and blue division. That's what we. I, I would like to see from the Chicago Bears, certainly defensively and a running game to match it. Is it is it fantasy to think that every player wants to be that player? Because you, no. I don't know if there are enough of them around every the player. Well, every player wants to win. That's the one thing. And however you have to get there, you know, the guys that are willing to take the challenges set before them by a new head coach, they're going to be around and you hopefully you turn the culture around. You know, back in the olden days when you had a Jimmy Johnson or you had a Mike Ditka or you had a Dave Wanstead and these guys were coming in to take over organizations and you had uh, training camp rosters of nearly 100 guys, you could beat their brains in 
until you were left with the toughest guys that were still remaining. Uh, nowadays, the it's a little bit more fragile how much you can beat these guys during the course of training camp. So one thing, Dan Campbell, I, I like how, how he put himself out there talking about the toughness needed in Detroit to be the team that he ultimately wants them to be. But you also have to do it safely. Because when you go to training camp with 80 guys and you're going to have them have a full pad practice every other day, then you can't be going out and losing three or four guys per practice because you're going through some of the archaic drills. Yeah, the rules that we limit you anyway. The rules right. are the rules. But, you know, that's one thing I'm not even talking about. I'm just saying on game day, I know I got a tough minded player that's going to play tough and he's going to be a you know, as, as the players like Danny Trevathan always calls everybody dogs. He's a dog. I, I, those are the type of players yeah. that inspire me to watch them perform because you know you're going to be in for a dog fight every day. Right, Jimbo? Yeah, and that's who, that's who basically Dan Campbell was as a player. Yeah. I mean, so he wants it to reflect him. Sean Payton's like that too. Sean, I mean, think about him. He's got ties to Bill Parcells when you look at Sean Payton. So those – you know, and I I don't think anybody would call New Orleans Saints a, a slouch team. That's a very physical football team, and so it'll be kind of molded practice wise what they what they did in New Orleans. And probably the one thing Dan didn't start uh, talk about is what's between your ears. I mean, with all the things that Tom just said, when you're meeting virtually and uh, you know you're not practicing as much, you got to have a smart football team. I mean, that's really, you know, that's the key to every team, too, now. You need smart football players that are able to, to go out there and execute a game plan when maybe you're missing, like what Cleveland did, to have to play Pittsburgh without their head coach, without six players who are out on the COVID list. You need guys who are ready to step up and play, and are smart players that can step in and fill in and pull a big upset like what Cleveland did over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, add that to the list. I think Dan, that's probably one thing Dan Campbell didn't add today is about the, the toughness of his players he talked about. But, hey, you need smart football players too. All right, let me get your thoughts. Uh, who's winning this weekend, Jim? I, I do like Tampa. I like Tampa going up, and I do. I think the world of Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator, and we'll see if they can do it again. It's tough to do because Rodgers will make the corrections. They'll make, make the corrections and protections because they got to him five sacks last time. Plus, they got the two interceptions. Uh, against uh, Green Bay, and they'll find a way to, to really double uh, Devontae Adams. So I, I like uh, Tom Brady and, and what they're doing on offense, and I think they can go in there, and I think they can run the football with Ronald Jones, who kind of carved him up in the first contest too. And I'm still – you know, your heart wants Buffalo to win, but you just you just don't see it happening against Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's a really close game. It got to really the fourth quarter last year. At least they were in the in the score the first time they played earlier in the season. But I still think Kansas City has too much, and I I, I think I think Kansas City will overtake the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you know I I really like Todd Bowles. I think he's a, he's a creative defensive coordinator. When he plays against the best of talent, that's when he's at his best. So. Um, to me, I, I like what Tampa Bay is going to bring into Green Bay. I, again, it's been no secret. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the league, but I think Todd Bowles is one of the most aggressive defensive coordinators and has the talent to put that, that stuff in place against Green Bay. And I'm, I'm, I'm not pulling against Kansas City, but I'm pulling for Buffalo. I like kind of the attitude that they've been able to build up there, the, the confidence when you get a quarterback like Allen who embraces himself to the city in which he's playing in, and he's not looking for an exit, he's looking to to just uh, 
create a found you know just a, a family foundation there so i think it's pretty cool so i'm i'm pulling for buffalo can you, a little can you believe because like buffalo played that rope-a-dope and here kansas city really ran for yeah you know, i mean even clyde edwards and lair had over 140 yards rushing in the matchup because they they wanted kansas city to run the ball and you just wonder i mean think about this uh sean mcdermott and leslie frazier they didn't call one blitz versus patrick mahomes not one in that game so just to avoid the big strike, and you just wonder if they're going to go in with that same type of game play because they were within a score, like I said, in the fourth quarter. It was like I think it was twenty three sixteen or something like that uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going I'm going with Buffalo and Tampa as well. Huh. I am. I'm going for them in the in the road upsets. Uh, going for that. We're wow. For Leslie Frazier a little bit here. I I, I do think the Packers have the best team in football. I mean, you'll get arguments. You know, obviously with Kansas City. But I just uh, something something tells me something's up. How and I'll let you go with this, Jim. Thanks for all your time. Uh, how crazy is it? Because he's he, he was one of my favorite players, and now his son is starting to already get my attention. But Aaron Rodgers played against Antoine Winfield many times, and now he's going to play against his son this weekend. That's yeah, unbelievable when, when you think about it. I mean, and he's had a heck of a year. I mean, he definitely uh, should be thought of of, of defensive yeah. rookie of the year. Everybody's high on Chase Young and Jeremy Chin had a great year down yeah. there for the Carolina Panthers. But An- An- Antoine Winfield Jr. has really been playing some good football, really has, and, and Bruce Arians really brought up just what he's done all season long uh, for that team. But pretty crazy when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, feisty player. All right, Jim, maybe you'll be coaching, uh, you know, maybe you'll be coaching against your son playing in the National Football League one day. <laughs> How about, you know, King James. Hey, uh, I'll look forward to it. He could be the next Mike Allstott. Did You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> So you're feeding him well. Yeah. He's pretty, pretty beefy already, is he now? He's, uh, he's the biggest in his class, and he can oh run, my boy. Gosh. He can run. Well, have fun with him. Have fun with him. Jim, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. All right. See, See you, Jim. guys. That's Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. One more segment to go with my guy Tom here. We'll stay with us here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, when shopping for your game day celebrations, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. Tostitos and Lay's are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears! As we await the news, hopefully soon, on the new defensive coordinator for the Bears and any other coaching changes. And it is a process because you're dealing with all these other openings and you never know who's going to be taken from your staff because of everything we talked about today at the top of the show we expect told you about Dave Ragone, going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Not the play caller, as we're to understand, with Arthur Smith down in Atlanta. They had a previous relationship in Tennessee. Looks like Charles London. It's not been official yet, but Charles London will be leaving to join that staff as well. But there's so many intricate relationships in this league. And, you know, look at Brandon Staley taking over in L.A. with the Chargers. Could bring uh, some of his people that he's worked with in the past uh, with him as well. So that's that's this, well, what this is in this part of the year. I would like to figure out, you know, in the short time that Matt Nagy's been here, he's had two defensive coordinators, and he's had two different types of system with Vic Fangio um, and Coach Chuck Pagano. Uh, you know, it's almost like you got to figure out, as a head coach and a general manager, what do you want to be the main influence of your defense? Do you want them to be – protection up front and and then responsible in the defensive backfield 
or do you want to be aggressive from the line of scrimmage through the linebackers and then put your defensive backs more in a playmaking position? Because when you look at the quarterbacks in the division, you look at the new coach in Dan Campbell, you look what you have in Minnesota because they're going to be changing now that Gary Kubiak is gone. And then what you have in Green Bay, obviously, you have the GOAT of our division. So I do think it's really important when you investigate the, what the defensive coordinators bring in with them, what well, type of style do you want to play. But the other added wrinkle is you got a tight salary cap and you can't be like totally getting new personnel that can't play these. You know what I'm saying? So it's got to be a similar type system, I would guess. Yeah, but, you know, it too is like what we've seen – what you've seen out of like the defensive backfield, Eddie Jackson and turnovers and stuff with Vic Fangio, and that way, what you've seen out of that same position with Chuck Pagano. To me, I think you need to put these guys in an aggressive, confident playmaking position, so they're out there and they're contrib- they're contributing, and and it's, it creates a real fun atmosphere on the team because what's created on the team can't come from guys like Dan Campbell. It's got to be come from the players that are on the field. And so to me, I want to feel, I want to see a system that's going to take advantage of the assets the Bears have in place right now. All right, we're already starting to do our work on college players, obviously, but uh, the combine is completely different. There'll be uh, no in-person workouts. Pro days are on campuses instead. Uh, all the virtual interviews and the psychological testing, limited in-person medical exams, probably in early April. It's a whole new world for scouts in 2021. It's not going to be the combine we all become used I, to. I tell you, if, you've, if you're a guy that's become one of these coddled guys that needs a lot of pampering, you could be in trouble. Because when you're for a player or for a for a player, oh okay. Because you need to be working out with the other guys that you're going to these combines that are being evaluated just as strictly as you are. So if some of these guys are separated in their training routine and they really don't get the challenges and being pushed like they need to, it could it could hurt some of these guys. It'll be interesting to see how their agents also handle this uh, in 20. 21. All right, that's going to wrap up our show tonight. Coming up next, Joe Ostrowski will entertain you tonight for Rick Camp and our other producers, Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. For Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for joining us tonight on Bears All Access. We'll talk to you next week. We're brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.